Alright folks, we are back with another edition of the Red White Podcast, and I couldn't be happier that Will is finally home from vacation. There's been so much going on, Will, and I needed to talk this out. My first question is... What conference am I in? What kind of... No, what kind of psychopath puts mustard on watermelon? Oh man, well first off, I don't even like watermelon, but I would never desecrate a watermelon with mustard. Now, who has done this? Chance, uh, Chance was. We're talking about it in the chat, and I was like, "What? What is that?" I'm not surprised. It's ridiculous. I am not surprised. So, after a long week of vacation, have you been reassigned, relegated to a new conference? No, like I uh, no, because I never left my conference when I went on vacation. I um, <laughs> I, I stayed in it. I was grinding it. I was uh, I was working with my board the whole time. I was tied in. You know, no one caught me off guard. Um, no, I'm I'm still here. I'm still part of the ACC. So this this stuff is nuts, man. And I I've been it's I don't know. I don't I don't even know what to think of it at this point because everybody says they have sources and this that and the other, and you don't know what to believe. All we know is Texas and Oklahoma are leaving. What it means for the ACC, in my opinion, is that they better get their ass in gear because they are going to be either left out or left behind. Yeah. And right now, if you're looking at, let's assume the Big 12 is gone, it's dissolved, which all indications that's what's going to happen. You're looking at where the ACC stands now in the pecking order. And it's, it's at the bottom. Pac-12 is probably right there. No, no, right no, with no. Us. The Big 12 is at the bottom now, right? Those projected... Well, they're gone. I'm, I'm just assuming they're, they don't okay. count. Okay, okay. Yeah, so if you don't count the Big 12, if the Pac-12 and ACC are just out there on their own, they have to figure something out. And... I don't, you know, I don't know where we end up with this. Like, are we going to end up with super conferences? But my concern is, somebody asked a question, are you concerned that NC State is going to get left behind? I'm not necessarily concerned that State is going to let get left behind. I'm worried that the conference is going to get left behind. Yeah. They... I don't even know where to start with this, right? Because... The conference has to do something major in order to have the ability to renegotiate the TV deal, which is the single most important factor in all of this. They have to make a move big enough that will allow them to have some negotiation power. There's not many things that are big enough that that will happen. Like adding Notre Dame is one of them. Adding anybody else it's not. Yeah. And if you look at the revenue per school and the revenue, you know, we've talked about this before in other channels and other, you know, conversations, but it's all related. And then Football Scoop had a thing out there about the conferences and the top five conference or top five money makers, money making football programs in each conference. 
No surprise, State was fifth, fourth or fifth in that conversation for the ACC. But the total numbers were so far behind everybody else for the ACC. Even like Pac-12, even behind the Pac-12, behind the Big Ten, behind the SEC. That's my concern. People have talked about, and I want to put this out there because it's, I get so tired of having the same, we're seeing the same rhetoric out there with the ACC needs to add West Virginia. Mm. West Virginia does absolutely nothing for the ACC. It just, nothing. It just fills in a gap. Is yeah, all it does. it's. I mean, if you want to kick out Wake Forest and add West Virginia, sure. You know, something like that. That's fine. West Virginia's got a small fan base in a state with a declining population, and it's not a big enough brand. And that's what this is about. This is not about media markets anymore. This is not about getting the Bostons and you know getting those TV markets. This is about brands and streaming rights. West Virginia doesn't do it. They make the least amount of money out of any Power 5 football program. Yeah. Think about that. No. You, you don't... I, I, the only reason you do that is if you get Notre Dame and you're just like, I just want to even something out here. But it's not necessary. I mean, right. what I would do... Look, if, if the ACC was like just swinging for it, I would obviously target Notre Dame. I would try to get a, a team like Penn State who is basically locked out of championship success in the Big Ten. Now, could we offset the money that they're getting there? Doubtful. But could you entice them with the opportunity to be like, look, it's going to be you and Clemson? Um, Maybe that does it. Because they make a lot more sense. Especially if, I mean, I would imagine the brand value and appeal for the ACC if you have a Notre Dame and a Penn State along with a Clemson, along with the opportunity to have FSU slash Miami, whatever. That's great. Otherwise, I think you go the opposite way. And you say, the only way for success in the future is subscription-based models. And then you say, all right, well, let's see if we can get Notre Dame. Well, Notre Dame's kind of got their own little Notre Dame TV going on, so maybe they're not that interested. But do you just target large alumni bases then do you just say yeah it makes no sense from a tv market standpoint but why wouldn't you go get ucf at that point they have like seventy thousand uh people on campus every year whatever the number is they have such a huge base of people you know go for go for the dollars from your actual subscribers and quit trying to you know entice another dame who seems happy to be on the outside they you know there's really no I, I don't know if ten million extra dollars does anything for Notre Dame. It, it needs to be twenty. It needs to be thirty. And I don't know how you get there with the current TV deal and the current setup. I mean, the other problem well, is, is just real quick. Is I mean, we'll hit it at some point. Is the grant of rights has got us protected in one sense, but also completely stuck at the same right. time, right? Because. I think if you talk to anyone, they'd be like, well, why don't we just eject a couple losers off of this pile and add a couple of winners, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would love to prune the conference, so to speak, and, and get rid of some of the dead weight and send them back to the Big East, teams that we should have never added in the first place. The reality is, like you said, the grant, the TV deal goes through 2036. It would cost, and, and people have worried about other schools leaving, Clemson, Florida State, et cetera, leaving 
to go to the SEC or to go to another conference. They're not leaving. They can't leave. Like It would cost each individual school over $300 million to leave, to break their grant of rights with the ACC and go to another conference. Yeah. And that is just not realistic. I know there's some uh, funny math they can do with the money and like pay over time, like a layaway plan essentially, as it was explained to me. But the real the reality of it, the schools aren't going to leave the ACC. So what? How does the ACC move forward? Notre Dame, your only leverage point with Notre Dame now is they, hey, look what's happening with the SEC. You know, the playoff is going to be different than the plans expected. You're going to be left out of the playoff if you don't join a conference, right? You don't join one of these mega conferences, super conferences, whatever. So that's your leverage point with Notre Dame, and I think that might finally end the song and dance with them as they're in, they're out, they're in, they're out. I, I don't Well, I don't particularly it, like Notre Dame. So. But, but take it to completion, right? They add Texas and Oklahoma. What's that put put them at as a conference total? 16, right? right? Is 16 teams really that imposing? I mean, why why wouldn't – if 16 teams is so such a value add, why wouldn't the pack – the ACC and the Big Ten just form its own mega block and just say it's going to be regional divisions inside of a global type conference. Right. Right. And then just say, I mean, look, this is the way it'll go eventually, right? If the SEC just keeps gathering in more and more and more playoff spots, then just fucking don't participate in it. Because then you're just doing a glorified SEC championship game multiple times. You know, that's that's what I would do if I was these other schools. I would say, look, let's have a nuclear option. We we break away. We say we're not going to play with the SEC anymore. And we're going to have the PAC, the Big Ten, the ACC. We're going to basically just surround the SEC. There's more people. There's more eyeballs. Why not just go that route? If that That's probably what it comes down to. If you're getting locked out, that's very much how I, you know, how I think that's a real possibility. I think you could get to a point where now it would take the other three conferences or four, if you count the AAC, to say, "Hey, we don't need the SEC. They can do their own thing. They're going to beat up on each other. They can do whatever they want to do. They can have their own mini playoff. They can claim it, and then everybody else is going to compete." And I'd be interested to see how that would play out. What? If if the perception is hey the SEC is the what's the triple A and and everything else is the double A right or, or something like that like I don't know that, how that would be perceived but the SEC would end up just beating up on each, each other and then you'd have a bunch of mediocre teams yeah. and people would wonder what you know what's the real deal what I'd like to see someone do is take take a 16 team SEC conference and just project out the numbers for me what's it really look like for the top four teams win loss record wise you know just run the numbers yeah. do a Monte Carlo or whatever versus the others because you're not gonna have four 12 and0 teams you know the best case scenario right now is what you you have multiple one loss teams at the end of the season each time with with the SEC at best, and now you're adding Texas and Oklahoma. Okay, well Texas is way far behind. I I don't understand why Texas is making this move personally because to me this just seems like it's going to set Texas back forever. 
Um, Oklahoma is set up to succeed right now. Texas, I'm still doubtful of. I think they're too far. You know, they they, they haven't. This may this move makes sense a year or two from now if Steve Sarkeesian has has them turned around. If they come in with the same win loss record we have, what was it over the last seventy five seventy one and fifty seven? Yeah. So I mean, we have practically we have the exact same record as Texas right now over a certain period of time. Last and ten years. Ten years. Why does this move make sense for them other than money? I mean, this is basically them saying like, I just hope it's, I get better. It's yeah. It's not money. It's recruiting. It's saying we're recruiting at the SEC. Texas A and M is having all of the recruiting success. You know, essentially as the only SEC based Texas school, yeah. and so that's that's what it's about. And the Big Twelve sucks, so that's part of it. <laughs> the wild number is that without Texas and Oklahoma, the Big Twelve. Their share per school drops to something around nine million dollars, which is from forty plus million, which is insane. Those two schools are responsible for that much of the Big Twelve, so I don't blame them for doing it. Yeah, bringing it back to the ACC, I put out my kind of crazy plan. Right outside of adding Notre Dame or Miami and FSU suddenly be becoming really good again, which I don't see. The ACC has to do something drastic. So I put out my plan. My crazy realignment plan was a merger with the Pac-12. Create the coastal mega conference, the Pacific Coast, the Atlantic Coast. You could basically keep the divisions the same where you have one side has all the ACC teams, one side has all the Pac-12 teams. You know, there's maybe two cross-division games. You already play kind of crazy road games anyway. So, you know, I don't want to hear the, the travel is going to be a problem or any of that stuff. You know, you can there's ways to set it up where it makes sense. But that gives you a lot of brands. It gives you a lot of uh, power, right? You put the Pac-12 network, AC network together. You take two mediocre products and maybe make a little bit better product. Did you call it the Coastal Elite Conference? I just called it the Coastal yeah, mm, you <laughs> the gotta coastal go coastal elites. <laughs> the, 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 the all coast conference, right? The ACC again, and <laughs> something like that would you know I could totally see something like that happening, and I could see that where. But but why tie yourself? I mean, if you can tie yourself to another conference, it's the Big Ten. It's, no, it's the SEC, right? No, it, no, 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 no. I, I'm assuming that the SEC says no, oh, okay, right. In this scenario, well, right? Otherwise, the, yes, you immediately want to try to grab, grift your way in there. I just the Big I, Ten has all the leverage because they have all the money. Their right. TV, their TV deal makes a butt ton more than ours does. But I'd rather so they do, I'd rather leech off them than leech off of a. I mean, the Pac twelve. I mean, they don't even play their games at a time that we would watch. I mean, that's right. But you got to imagine that. Allows you to have basically like twenty hours of college football <laughs> on the weekend, right? You could watch the entire Coastal Conference in one day. It'd be amazing. I, I mean, if it, that's the other way you could could approach this, is if you basically say you're taking over Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and hell, why don't you play some games on Sunday? See what happens. Like that. That's that might be the way you you could gain from it. Is you say we got all these teams, we'll just. 
you know, one coast, one right. coast, one coast, one coast, right? And you you keep it interesting like that. I, the I SEC what, certainly makes the, the most sense because of region, regionality, right? I get it. But they, again, if you just go on leverage and who needs it, the ACC and the Pac 12 need it. And it would be such a dramatic move that it would cause other conferences to do something similar. And then you would end up with essentially four, two super conferences. If the, when the Big Ten and the SEC start playing together, and then four divisions, so essentially four conferences, and it's broken. It's broken up back, basically back where you are. You're just leaving yeah. out, you know, some of the little guys. What and then what you if, cut out the NCAA. Yeah. What if they? I mean, here's what really needs to happen, right? Jim Phillips came in earlier this year, right? And he says we've got to invest in football, right? So even he acknowledges that basketball doesn't really matter. I mean, I think what you need to see is the. ACC Network needs to shift its entire mechanisms and, and focus just on football, primarily, and basketball. Throw throw in championship series when they're on for other sports, but otherwise, like, who cares? Why are we wasting money watching all these other sports? I hate to say this as, like, a general sports fan, but it, it's just the truth, right? I think I think I had too many lacrosse games ruin what were, like, I can't remember what it was earlier this year. The spring football game, for example. Right, spring football game. Right? That's not having your priorities straight. Um, yep. You know, that, that's, I think, if you see them rewire themselves, because, look, I mean, the Texas-Oklahoma thing, you can guarantee the Big 12 is going to basically lock them up in court until at least 2025. And probably beyond, mm-hmm. they're going to, I mean, even now they're throwing out shots that ESPN is manipulating this these conferences, and wow, what Seriously. a shock that is. Right. Um, you wouldn't believe it, but people get paid under the table too. Um, <laughs> but, well, that I mean, I, that's that's the way. Oh, man, I lost my train of thought. Oh, just thinking about the, the Big Ten. Um, uh, well, there you go, guys. Podcast gold. It's it's nine thirty, and I've lost my train of thought. That's. I mean, it's. But that's what it is. It's like there's so much. The ACC just has to do something. Right, they can't sit idle, and they've got to make a big move. Oh yeah, yeah, that's what I was saying. Okay, you've got a five-year, well, four-year period, technically three and a half, whatever it is, before any of this actually movement happens. So supposedly, supposedly, right? So can the ACC in that time period shift all its focus into the money-making sports only? Right. You do that, you could probably increase your brand value to some degree. I mean, I, I, they really do need to think of a way to tap into a subscriber-based model that's not just attached to ESPN or however they've got it set up right now, right? I, I should be able to just pay the ACC directly, and I just want to have access right. to ACC content. I don't, you know, we were kind of, I was talking about this on the, the, the forums earlier, that, you know, my issue is still, like, we shouldn't be facing blackout coverage issues in 2021, like... Um, you know, I, I'm not. I shouldn't have to go get Comcast or Verizon or whatever Xfinity just so I can pick up these games. I shouldn't have to go log into a VPN and say I'm in California so I can stream something on ESPN Plus. The ACC network could easily win my money and probably plenty of other people's money if they would just give me direct access to the games that I want to watch, the ability to go back and watch them during the season. I would love an all 22 view that they let us pay for as subscribers. Things like that that says, I want to engage people who want to watch basketball and who want to watch football and who cares about everything else. 
that's they've got three years to figure that out. I think Jim Phillips kind of basically just said like football's where the money's at, and we got to change how we're doing things. So maybe we've got time to kind of correct the brand in the short term. The problem is again, if we get that fixed in 2025, the SEC has its big merger with well, not even big merger, its acquisition. We still got five years left where we're locked in, right? Right. So all you can do is try to improve your product. I just don't think it, Notre Dame's ever coming. I don't know why they let them. I mean, they they should have just said if you want to play in the ACC last year during COVID, you got to be part of the ACC. That was your time. Agreed. You know, yeah. but then everyone was like, "We need money. We need money." We're you know, it, just very poor management has gotten us to this point. I just don't see what changes. Right? We lost Maryland. We weren't going to convince Notre Dame at that time, so we went out and picked off the schools we were getting. I, don't, I mean, was there anyone else out there that we really missed on in the last round of conference realignment? Yeah, I, I don't. I don't remember exactly what the rumors were with that. I, I don't remember, to be honest. You it know. was there was no reason to add Boston College and Syracuse and. Yeah, it, it was a reactionary outdated thinking. Locking up the Grand Shocker, was, right? Was, well, sure. The other problem is, is how does this how does this play from an NC State perspective, right? Um, we're not as negatively valued as I think nationally, maybe as the sports media might, the, the, the pundits might put it, but I think if you look at it from a football and basketball passion, fan base, whatever, there's reasons that conferences might want to invest here. Now, can we go to another conference without UNC or vice versa? Are we tied I, I to that? I don't know. Yeah, so I don't know what – I don't think the Board of Governors would let one leave without the other. I don't think they'd let Carolina leave. I don't think they'd let us leave without the other one. And because, yeah, I mean, that's what needs to happen, right? Like, one needs to go one way and the other. And I don't I just, see how UNC fits in the SEC world. Like from a, they seem like just like with Texas. I think I think the SEC is going to completely regret bringing in Texas just with their out 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 of this world ego. And I think if you brought a UNC into the SEC as well, I think they'd be more annoyed than enjoying any kind of capital gain from it per se. I think they fit in much better with Ohio or with uh, with with the Big Ten. So it would be great if we could separate, but that that's going to be the problem. Is NC State if we're if we're tied together in any of these other state school, public schools are kind of tied together in the future? I mean, it it kind of prevents any major shift from happening, um, and that's that's going to be the problem. Yeah, I think the money kind of prevents that. So here is the top. Uh, I'll give you the top few teams in, uh, according to the Football Scoop Report, the highest-grossing football programs in college are Texas, 156 million, which is amazing considering they've been pretty much terrible for a decade. Georgia, 123 million. Michigan, 122 million. Notre Dame, 116. Ohio State, 115. Penn State, 100 million, which I thought was interesting at six. And then you go down to the bottom five. West Virginia, $25 million. They make the least amount. Rutgers, 27 Wake, 27 Vanderbilt, 32 Boston College, 32 So ACC already has 40% of the bottom five. Adding West Virginia would just be a terrible decision. 
How did Rutgers if you look at it by conference, sense. which I thought was fascinating and kind of ties in what you were saying, people always expect Carolina because they're the bigger brand. But if you look at the football money for the ACC, Florida State, $69 million, Clemson, $61 million, Miami, $56 million, NC State, $46 million, Syracuse, $44 million. How is this That's- calculated? It's just uh, reports from the la, 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 U.S. Department of Education because they're required to uh, disclose the Athletic Disclosure Act. Okay. So these are government numbers, which I find is wild that – but it makes sense, though, for State and Syracuse, even though you know mediocre football, there's a lot of fans. There's a lot of alumni. It's a big fan base. Yeah. You know, passionate about football, so I I can kind of get that. So you know, if anybody's going to the SEC, state would make more sense than UNC, but neither one's going because it's not financially it doesn't make sense. Right? Since they're always the the team team brought up, what, where's UCF in that uh, that mix? Uh, UCF at thirty million. Okay. Yeah, and they are by a leader in the American by a large margin. Yeah. Houston, Memphis, South Florida, 18, 19, 18, 17 million. So they were close. So the money there is, is it all revolves around money. And I'm with you. I would love to not have to ask, what channel is the game on? How do I watch the game? I just want to open my ACC app, put the game on, and, and be done, right? Fox, I mean, that's, Fox Sports Northwest Central, right? Right. I mean, Seriously. that's... That's been the problem. Is yeah. you know they're not even positioning this in a way to get eyes on it. And maybe that's just because maybe people don't watch ECC football. <laughs> so I mean maybe that's the problem. But I could also say like, hey, you know what? If I'm the ACC, I get all my coaches together and I say, um, hey, let's 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 be a more fun, enjoyable brand of football. Let's put more eyeballs on this product. Let's not go into second half, just run the ball mode, Dave Doran. You know, that's that's where I think NC State could help itself is change its image a little bit. Everyone says we're crazy, you know, and, like, maybe that's a good thing. But I, I just keep thinking, like, the thing that holds NC State back is we've missed opportunities. We're not exciting to watch all the time. Yeah. And... You know that that's what Oklahoma is. Oklahoma is just exciting to watch. Like, yeah, they've been good traditionally, but they have continually been a team that puts up a lot of big numbers, even though they struggle when they run into an SEC team usually. And you know, I just I just think if Boo is smart, he's going to pour everything he can into football right now. Yeah. Right. I mean that that should be the message. Is just hey, we're putting everything in football. We're not going to rat each other out. That's an SEC thing that helped them get over the hump as well. They basically went into lockdown mode with each other as soon as yeah. there's been a problem, right? So we're not going to rat anyone out. We're going to tell the NCAA to go fuck itself. It's probably not. I mean, frankly, the NCAA is not even going to be around in five years at this no, point. No, no chance. Yeah, and so I think what's interesting about yeah, now I lost my train of thought. <laughs> the NCAA. We're on, we're on it. Um. No, you were talking about Oklahoma, and I was going to go somewhere with that. Lincoln Riley. No, oh, no, Dave, NC State being interesting. I was listening to Cover 3 earlier today, 
and they're talking about Atlantic <laughs> wins, and they started talking about Dave Doran. And essentially, what they said was, "Yeah, they're really good, but he's so boring. And if he was, uh, you know, more of a personality like Lane Kiffin or you know Mike Leach or whatever, then they'd be getting a lot more national attention. Yeah, because he's consistently winning. And I, you know, we've talked about it before. Other people have said it. It's just you know the same thing. So you need to be more interesting. And so I think that's you know that plays into it." I don't want to spend the whole time talking about the expansion. I know we'll probably come back to it at some point because it's just a constantly evolving thing. It is real concern for me that the ACC needs to make a move that is be there's another move beyond adding Notre Dame, right? There's something else out there that we need to do. And Let's I, get I USC. Right? Yes. Just poach yeah. one. I was going Southern Cal. Get that Pac-12 going. Actually, you want to be real? Get Oregon. Yeah. Get, you know, get get someone that's weird, unique, and has a built-in advantage. You say, hey, Oregon, you come over here. You get Nike to outfit the entire conference. You know, <laughs> I mean, there, there's ways to go about this. Um, you know, just just Yeah, you got to be crazy. It's got to be a little bit crazy, I think. Yeah, I think that's what is going to move the needle. I think that's what it's. That's what I'm looking for. What I really wanted to ask you, and I've had this question saved, written down on my desk oh, for God. two weeks now, is the ACC quarterback rankings, power rankings. I don't remember if it was from ACC Network or David Hale or one of those guys, but Brennan Armstrong in the top four ACC quarterbacks. How do you feel about Brendan Armstrong from Virginia? Well, you know, he's a gamer. Um, yeah, I wish you'd given me a heads up. I, I need to get his stats back up in front of me. Um, give me a second here. I'll pull him up. I, I've never heard someone get so much love that I have watched with my eyeballs multiple times last year and thought, here's a dude that's completely replaceable. And, like, the offense isn't dynamic whatsoever. He's just a guy that's big, can can run a little bit, and is, like, kind of accurate throwing the ball 15 to 20 yards down the field. Ridiculous. Here's David's... Yeah, read it off. David Hale's quarterback rankings. This is another one. Uh, ACC Network put this out as well. Top quarterbacks in the ACC in order. Carolina, Clemson. So, Howell, DJU, Derek King, Jerkovich, whoever is the quarterback for Louisville, Malik Cunningham. He's the fifth quarterback. Like, give me a break. The guy threw 12 interceptions, 20 touchdowns, 12 interceptions last year. That's your fifth quarterback. Kenny Pickett, Brennan Armstrong, Sam Hartman, Devin Leary, and then on. Sims... Milton, Burmeister, whoever Syracuse has, and then whoever Duke has, I don't even know, the freshman kid. Yeah. So Leary's I mean, ninth in that. And they and I get that he has a small sample size. I get that. Why you put Malik Cunningham and Brandon Armstrong above and Sam Hartman above him is beyond me. Yeah, that's that to me is uh is questionable. Um, especially with you know, B ball last year. <laughs> I, I, well, I think what it, I, here's what it's, it's always going to come down to this. 
is Devin wasn't there for the first game. Yeah. Right? Devin, for whatever reason, only got brought in real late to the Virginia Tech game. Mm. And then you get the Devin Leary show for two and a half games. Yeah. Right? And I think I think David Hale has said a couple times on his projections that he's having trouble with what to do with Devin Leary because the sample size is really good. What you know, the data is there. It's just a very very small sample size. Um, to me, I think that's a little unfair because it's like you can see the progression from one year to the next. Yeah. If you factor in the lack of spring spring camp, you know, I, I feel like he in would be getting the same love as Jerkovich if he had had as many games as Jerkovich did last year. Um, it's funny because maybe in that stretch of games, maybe the Miami game, I, I'm pretty convinced, would go our way. I'm not sure anything else really changes in that sequence of games as far as win-loss um, by the time you get Leary back. Um, We'll just assume yeah. that Dave was like adamant that he was not ready to come in for Virginia Tech for whatever reason. Okay, whatever. Maybe it was conditioning. Who knows? Um, that that's the only reason I can see it. Malik, I have no idea. Uh, that one that, still blows my mind. That to me is I've got to put somebody in here, and I, <laughs> you know, I have to imagine that Scott Satterfield is going to get this thing to bounce back and. Oh, they were really unlucky last year, or whatever. I just think if you give Leary, you know, I mean, we we ran it out a couple times. I wish I would save it. I probably put it in our notes a couple times. But if you just give Devin Leary the same amount of pass attempts that Bailey Hockman did, it's a it's a really great year. He was going to be on pace to be right behind Sam Howell, I think, by after the Texas A&M game. So, you know. I guess if I was these guys, I'd be taking this and saying, well, what happens if I give Leary 370 pass attempts based on what I saw last year? Right. And he's going into a year where apparently we're just having this juggernaut of a schedule, so isn't he going to have to throw a lot more? So shouldn't there be an opportunity for Devin Leary to post a lot of big numbers, even if they're in losses? Clemson, Miami, North Carolina, Mississippi State. Okay, then you're telling me that Boston College is super great and Sam Hartman at Wake Forest is great. Okay, so why wouldn't State be passing a lot in those games too? So that's six straight games where he's going to have to rip off a ton of passes. So maybe juice his numbers up even more? I don't know. It, it's it's bizarre to me that they are propping up these quarterbacks that to me just look pedestrian in most games. Um you know, I'd say with Brennan Armstrong, I'd say, well, damn, I saw him get knocked out of a bunch of games last year. And sure, he kept coming back, but that that toll adds up. That same thing happened to Dungy at Syracuse. Everyone loved him, but his by the end of his career, he was barely making it through the seasons. He was having to go out multiple times. Sometimes he was leaving games multiple times in a game. So, let me I ask you this. don't get it. How is Kenny Pickett being trashed so much? Like, I think he's a pretty good quarterback. I Same thing. So, you know, going into the state game last year, they were top 25, and then he gets injured in the Boston College game. He struggles, if I remember correctly, to play in, like, the Florida State game after that. I don't even know how many more he played in. You know, but going into that year, everyone was telling us that Kenny Pickett was an NFL quarterback. So what's changed? 
I don't know. And now he's behind Malik Cunningham and Jerkovich. Like Yeah, I, I think they're I think they're weighing injuries maybe more than normal. I could also see them just saying like I don't wanna lean out over these guys. I just don't I don't know. At some point you basically kinda of like you were saying, right? The back of the pack is pretty obvious. But it's kind of funny. I just sit there and I go, well, gosh, I mean, maybe we should just start Aaron McLaughlin because all you need apparently is to be a big guy that runs and can just kind of like shot put the ball down the field 20 yards. Hype. Yeah. Um, I will also say kudos to Bronco Mendenhall. I feel like I say this all the time, but that guy can just squeeze points out of worthless players. Um, I think I thought Bryce Perkins was (laughs) practically a dog at quarterback. I mean, I will say this, right? We played UVA with Bryce Perkins. We played with Brandon Armstrong, and we came away the winner like without any question those days. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, again, kudos to Mendenhall, man. I, he inherited a bad program, and um, you know, it's why he's probably going to beat UNC this year too. Because I mean, obviously, Brandon Armstrong is apparently really good. <laughs> uh, it, yeah. They they got they also got one vote for. Being the ACC champion, as did NC State and Georgia Tech. Yeah, man. Uh, hey, those beat writers, you guys are great. <laughs> you know what it is? I think I believe they let the school's sports media person vote in these things, in the media polls, too. Good for them. Gotta have a believer. Which makes you wonder why all the schools don't have one first place vote. <laughs> but... Exactly. Because they're all frauds. That basically yeah. tells you... That NC State thinks they're going to be very good this year. Georgia Tech thinks they're going to be much better than they were previously. Possibly, who knows? You know, so so good for them. Yeah, I can agree with that. I mean, whatever. State also got a first place vote in the Atlantic Division. Probably the same person. And the predicted order of finish. Let me know what you think about this. Clemson, NC State, Boston College, Florida State, Wake, Louisville, Syracuse. Great fucking year. Right. <laughs> Yeah, that would be a great year. Uh, yeah. You know, did I? They didn't do like a no division ranking, right? They didn't do like, hey, what if twenty twenty no, no. happened again? No. Yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to kind of see how those numbers bear out, right? But I mean, again, like I think state can go nine and three this year. I'm not, and I'm not doubtful at all. I, I think state is much better. Than everyone else this year outside of Clemson, Miami, and North Carolina. I think there has just been they've op- the the injuries that have mounted up in the secondary at quarterback and just kind of across the roster, you know, the bang up. I mean, I think Zon of a Knight had to get shoulder surgery this year, right? The both both the linebackers had shoulder pectoral surgeries. Like I think State's been really banged up and they've been like just on the cusp. And I think they're really healthy going into camp. And to me, this is a team that if they go down to Mississippi State and they win there, I think it's going to change that perception. Uh, yeah, it's gonna I be agree. Kind of, yeah, I wanted to have a whole podcast on that because I got a lot of heat. But when I, I wrote that thing last week for your vacation, the most important game, and I, I clearly said Mississippi State. I've been saying it all along. I think it's the most important game from perception and. A lot of people were telling me I was wrong that it's the Carolina game. No. What do you think? Well, first off, the FPI must have read your column because they went and knocked Mississippi State back to, like, 24th. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they knocked them back. <laughs> still, still pretty high. 
I know. I still can't believe it. I mean, look. Now we say this, and then we go down to Mississippi State and get our doors blown off like the last time we played Mississippi State, and I'll, I'll shut up. But yeah, I, I think it it sets the tone because you know you win that game and you come into the Clemson game and there's a lot more attention on it. Because right. if you listen just to the Cover Three podcast, right, they were talking about Clemson today, and they were talking about the over unders. I think they're eleven and a half is what their over under is. Yeah, and all the guys were saying under. And they were like, oh, you know, it's the ACC. They could drop a game. You know, someone was, like, adamant that they could drop the game at Pitt. Um, I can't remember which other game was brought up for as a reference point. And I was like, sitting there, I was like, no one's talking about the home game early in the season at in Raleigh. Like, a place where Clemson has struggled in the past. They, they basically, they kick the shit out of you when you get close to beating them. Right. Is what we've had in the past, right? And then we typically come and sniff at them after, after those beatings. So I'm surprised. That means everyone's overlooking it. So that's why I think a game against Mississippi State sets the tone in that perspective. I also just... I just don't care as much about UNC. I don't think... I mean, even if you beat them, it's not going to derail Mac's back. It's, it's just pre-programmed into everybody. So... I just, I don't buy it. I get it from, like, a local standpoint. It's like, God, I, I hate these people and I want to beat them. Sure. You right. know. We, we've beaten them before. That's my whole point is we've, we've yeah. beaten them before. Tom O'Brien had, what, five in a row against the Heels. And it never did, it doesn't, anything, it doesn't elevate your program. It might change, you know, a short-term perspective in maybe the local area, but not overall. Like not national, it doesn't get you the attention that a road SEC win, even against Mississippi State, who didn't have a great year last year, that gets you a lot more attention early, especially early in the season. You win that game, and it's a completely different conversation. Now you're, you know, you have a home game against Louisiana Tech. I think it is after that, or Furman, or somebody like that, and you have. Those weeks of winning until that Clemson game of people saying, "Hey, they went down to Mississippi. They went to Starkville and won." Right? It changes the perception of that of, of Dave Dorn in that program. Right? I, I think that is way different than beating Carolina because you can beat Carolina. It could be a fluke. Right? It could be a rival. They'll chalk it up to a rivalry game or whatever. We've had those games before, and it just doesn't do anything for it. Now I get this Carolina team's supposed to be a little bit better than the previous times that we've beaten them and they've blown us out the last couple of years but it still doesn't beating them still doesn't elevate our program like that Mississippi State game was that that was basically my stance on that yeah um, before we get into the next stuff I wanted to shout out to the sponsor livingrelief.com r-e-l-e-f r-e-l-e-a-f dot com relief red white 20 20% off locally sourced CBD, Delta 8, THCV products. It's not uh, fully legal. Uh, you know, I'm trying it to educate fully. people on this. Yeah, there's all, it's all legal stuff. It's all legal. Yeah. It's not um, It's not a hallucinogen, right? It's not a trippy high. That, you know, if you have, haven't had Delta 8 before, it's very relaxing. It kind of makes you feel mellow. But check out Living Relief. That it's, stuff is really good. I pretty much take it every night it's just super chill have have a small piece watch tv kind of relax 
And um, yeah, check them out. Sponsor. I'm, I'm really trying to refine this message. Uh, I talked to Brent about it, and you know, the biggest thing is educating people on what it is because it's not, you know, like his his products are not something that you you use to get high, right? It's not that that kind of thing. It's um, medicinal. It's more relaxing. It's more um, lounging, sort of whatever. I don't know. And they have chocolate peppermint like you like an Andes oh man it's so good it's like taking the edge off yeah taking the edge off that's a great way to say it I really got to refine this message for them because it's it's a really they're really good products and you know state supported state guy supports he supports North Carolina businesses so check them out livingrelief.com r-e-l-e-a-f dot com not the other one red white 20 20% off and it's it's worth it man I told you this before. I told you this without off the recording that you know if you ever have you're stressed or have a hard night's you know hard day or something's on your mind like this kind of thing I would take a like I'm talking about a small piece of a gummy or a piece of chocolate or whatever and it helped me get through some some rough times. It helps you sleep when you can't sleep and it helps you like chill out. So check them out. They support the podcast. Support them. Support an NC State owned business and yeah living if you support them then then they can support our athletes and help with the nil issue the nil issue i think that's (laughs) funny you mentioned it earlier today like it feels like i mean what you said it feels like they we've made about 75 dollars on nil right you don't see you know cam hayes has some deals coming out bojangles and the other one videos but like (laughs) It, it it doesn't feel like we are capitalizing on this for our athletes. It well, I mean, here's the reality: I just don't think people care about giving money to college players for the yeah. most part. I mean, if you if you just if you don't have a massive following on social media, it's you know, and if you don't have a bunch of hungry boosters that are just trying to figure out ways to put money in in players' pockets, I. Just, I just don't think this is going to yield what people say it is. I mean, it's still a lot of like hearsay. I'd like to see the deals. I, I mean, at least with, at least like with the Derek King stuff, at least we had some hard numbers thrown out there. But you got like, um, you know, Nick Saban just being like, oh, an ungodly amount of money, seven figures. Okay, well, like, show me the deals. I'd like to know. I'd right. like to see it. Now you got a high school quarterback saying he's potentially going to bypass his final year in high school so he can go sign with Ohio State who has a law that, or I guess if he does that, then he's not held to the high school laws in in Texas that somehow limit people for making money, which is the most anti-Texas thing I've ever heard, by the way. But, um, you know, I, I guess to me, I think we said it before, I think, I think people who are going to win this in the end are going to be Female athletes with high social media followings, the very few elite prospect guys in basketball and football that actually have any attention on them, that people are trying to get behind before they get famous, whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah. After that, it's like, who cares? Like, yeah. I just don't see anyone buying enough hoodies from somebody to generate a ton of money. If they can, that's great. You know, I'd love to support our athletes. If someone wants to put out a cool design, sure, I'll buy a, uh, some swag. But 
you know, that that's going to net you probably like a couple bucks per hoodie. You know, it's not... I just I, I don't think, think the money's there. I think you're right. I think if you're an athlete and you don't have one of those high profiles, you're not smoking hot female or, uh, you know, highly regarded recruit with a big social media following, your best way to make money is using it, using creating your own business, right? We've seen other athletes like create music or, you know, selling things um, and, or, or at least, you know, creating products and whatnot and doing it. Now they can do it and make, they can make money. They can use their names to promote their own thing. I think that is a, where you're going to see a lot of um, the middle ground settle because I, I, as a business owner, it doesn't make sense, you know, to to just throw money out there if if the return's not there. Like if I and, and I st- we still might because that's what we do. We're gonna might do something stupid and sponsor somebody. We're still working on who. So if you have any suggestions on what athlete NC State athlete we should sponsor with the NIL deal, but in the end. I don't, you know, how long of a term thing is that? Is that going to generate revenue for us, or is that just going to be us experimenting with? It? I, I don't know. I don't know what that is, but I think you see a lot of a lot of these deals. Like, all right, I didn't get what I wanted from this deal. Like, it felt good to help an athlete, but does it help my business? In the end, I don't know. I think that's what we're going to see. So, um, we got some questions from some folks, but one other thing I wanted to cover: we're talking about media coverage and rankings. Was today the Pick Six previews, which I, I used to listen to their podcast. I generally think is a pretty good. Um, they do pretty good analysis of college football. These guys are into it, but they put out their list of top fifteen wide receiver cores. In the top fifteen in college football, Carolina was thirteenth, and Boston College was fourteenth, or something like that. So I responded to him on Twitter and I said, how do you have Carolina ranked in there? And it was his response was, three weapons, Bo Corrales, multi, multi-year starter, big frame. Mm. Josh Downs shined in the Orange Bowl from the slot. Coffrey Brown, elite speed, step-by-step as fast as his brother, Diami. That I mean, that is a very generous evaluation. You're going to count. And Chance put it best, Bo Corral's 26th year at Carolina has never had more than 300 yards in a year in a season. And, like, your analysis of him is he's got a big frame. Like, come on now. That's, yeah. that's very weak. Josh Downs shined in the Orange Bowl. Who else were they going to throw to? And Coffee Brown, like, let's not put him on the same level as his brother yet. His brother was really dynamic. His his brother was yeah, very, was really good. I mean, it, look if you're gonna say that you gotta you gotta pair it up and say, and we expect Sam Howell to throw the ball a hundred more attempts this year or something yeah, like, like that. that okay, right? yeah, like you can factor that in, but it doesn't make the wide receiver core elite. I just this is very weird. There's it's it's the opposite for state. Vegas projects us at six wins, which everybody kind of assumes that's way too low. But man, the love for Carolina, and I just don't get it. It's 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 very strange. So some questions we got from people: Who are three? It's a good question. Who are three non-power five programs you'd like to see on our future out of conference football schedule? 
Who are three? Which ones? Non power five. Well, that's weird. I don't really want to add any non power fives. I read UCF, that wrong the first time. <laughs> I'll stay consistent, right? UCF. I like. I would love to play Houston. Um and who else would fall under that spectrum? Cincinnati. Yeah, I mean, if you're go. gonna play, if you're gonna play and play the best ones, right? That's why I I hate playing. Like I have no interest in this USF game. For example, I know USF walked into uh, Carter Finley one year and beat the doors off of us. I can't remember if that was the Marlon game Mack after. Here. Was that the game after Wilson got the concussion against South Carolina? I believe so. Yeah, it was a downpour. I, boy, I can't believe it. I, I remember way too much of that game. But, you know, USF, USF was good that year. And that's the thing. is like I, I want to play good teams if I'm going to play non-Power 5s. Otherwise, just give me. Like, I'd, I'd love to play Iowa. I'd love to play yeah. Nebraska. Like, I don't know why we can't get those kind of games scheduled up. Give me... I don't care about it from a recruiting standpoint. Like those game, those teams are on the same footing as we are in their conference. Yeah. Why can't we get a game with them? I have no interest in playing ECU. No interest in playing App State. I just don't. Doesn't do anything for us. I want to play Oregon. I want to play Oklahoma State. I want to play. We had those years, right? We played Texas. We played Texas Tech. Like I want more of those games. I don't want any more. Non Power Five games. That's no interest to me. Give me my coastal mega conference and just play all of those. That's what I want. I want to be playing interesting programs. Who finishes the season with the most tackles on NC State's defense, excluding Peyton Wilson? Isaiah Moore. I'm going Tanner Ingle. I just think he's gonna get ejected. <laughs> <laughs> just. I gotta, man. He is just so damn aggressive. Even in the spring game when he's been working on it, he's still launching a little bit too much. I, I here's the thing. I don't like it when my safety is getting the most tackles. It means we've had a lot of breakdowns. I know he's big on run support, but I, I'd rather see it come from somewhere in the linebacker group. Personally, um, I was trying to. I forgot. I was gonna look at the stats from last year. Um, on GoPack and see uh, what the leaders were outside of Peyton Wilson. Uh, it was Peyton Isaiah Terringle, I believe. I'm pretty sure. Let's see. That can't be. That just doesn't sound right to me. Yeah, I'm pretty uh, sure. It was. Let's see here. Ask me. A, oh, here we go. Okay, tackles. Isaiah Moore. Okay, last year it was Peyton Wilson 108. Isaiah Moore 94. Jakeen Harris, 76. Tyler Picker Williams, 60. Uh, oh, yeah, T-Bake. Yeah. Jake Thomas, 58. Before. That's well, that's surprising. Um, yeah, my boy Tanner Ingle last year had 33. So that's why I'm not – I'm going under. <laughs> well, he, he didn't play all the games, so this year's going to be different. I know. Yeah, but this I year's going to be different. Yeah, but uh, let's see. Tanner Ingle played seven games and had 33 tackles. Now, all of them weren't full games. <laughs> But uh, I think Isaiah Moore didn't play full games either. But Isaiah Moore, I think, is the breakout star for this year that no one's talking about. Yeah. And the fact is, I think he's been named. He and Peyton Wilson is like one of the best, or if the best linebacker duo in in the ACC. And I think there's going to be so many tackles between the two of them. I like it. What Olympic sport would you be best at? 
None of them. I know. My Here's limits. a true story. My, I have a friend of mine. Man, maybe an old acquaintance. It's been a while since I've seen him, but he was technically a resident or a citizen of Madagascar. I think it was one of those okay. small island countries, and he was a pretty good golfer, but you know, not a pro golfer by any means. He was, you know, a little bit, little less than scratch, plus. Probably a 72 to 74 kind of guy. But he was, his goal, and I don't know if he ever followed through with it, but he should have if he didn't, was to qualify for the Olympics for golf in Madagascar because it was very, like, all you basically had to do was show up because there was nobody else playing. And he's like, man, yeah, I can do this. There's like five other guys that are like doing it. And this was, this was after the last Olympics when I had mentioned it to him. We were talking about it. Uh, for me, it would be golf, or what's the closest variant of ski ball? I don't know. Yeah, I was gonna say if bocce was a sport. Yeah, curling, <laughs> maybe curling. Okay, that's I, I've got a feeling I could do curling. Yeah, that's I, I've got passion for cleaning the ice. Yeah, how's your golf game, by the way? Uh, well, I went to go get my new clubs that were fitted um, today, and they did not grip my irons, so I could only pick up my driver and my putter. <laughs> and uh, my driver has been, as I've told you in the past, very hit or miss. Um, I had two or three sessions where it was just it was great, and I was rocking. And then the only thing that was custom me was uh, just just a random t- hole or two. But um, my iron play has been really good lately. And I'm, I was really excited to try out the irons today. I got they're moving me up from a stiff shaft to an extra stiff shaft, so I'm curious to see if it uh, if it helps with my consistency or not. Nice. So we'll see. Which happens quicker? Dave reaches 48 ACC wins in five years. That's weird. 48 ACC wins total in five years. That's a lot of wins. That's. Oh. Or he beat seven ranked teams in that same time period. Wait, 48, 8, how many? 40, 45? 48 ACC wins in five years. Essentially nine and a half games a year. Well, he doesn't average that in ACC play, so... (laughs) Or he beat seven ranked teams. That's not even possible. Right now we have eight games a season, right? Yeah, that's true. I don't know how that would, how that would work. Your so question is terrible. Whoever wrote that? <laughs> terrible question. Um, thirty-eight would be more reasonable. Um, yeah. or or what was the other part of it? Beat seven seven ranked, ranked teams? teams in five years. He just needs the opportunity, man. You know, I just he, well. Here's the problem: is it ranked when we play him, or ranked at the end of the season? Because some yeah. asshole will change this on me every time. Um. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Next question. The that problem. Yeah. The problem is with that too. Is like again the opportunity we've had in the past. I think we've covered this. When Clemson at its peak is your opportunity, or FSU, I think national championship level. Yeah. Is your opportunity right? Okay. That's those are automatic losses. So then right. you are trying to hope that someone else in a, sh- a crappy ACC is anywhere close to top 25. So then you basically had Notre Dame in those periods. So yeah. I don't think that's a fair question. Who's the weakest link on the coaching staff currently and why? 
or at least your perception. Okay. I'll, I'll, um, I'll give you one, and it's the same as this person's. I'm going with offensive line just because I haven't seen it from him yet. John Garrison. I feel like he's made, uh, what is it, made blank out of chicken shit, basically. Yeah. He's had so many injuries. That's the problem. And he, again, I cannot say this enough. Dwayne Letford was a terrible recruiter and left us with nothing. Um, I really think this is the year you will start to see Garrison at full strength. Um, I really love Icky and Gibson. And I think, I don't know why people are dogging this guy or not thinking of him. I mean, if Zavala last year was an NFL prospect, and the only reason he's here is because his school did not play last year. Otherwise, he would be in the NFL this year, probably. Why is this guy not getting any pub? Like, that that's... I feel like people are kind of missing that fact. Like, you've got an NFL-caliber guard just yeah. sitting there. Uh, and people are saying, is it going to translate? Well, if he was going to play in the NFL, then of course it's going to translate. He's not going to have any problem with ACC defensive lines. Like, I'm sorry. We're not... Outside of Clemson and maybe Miami, I'm not scared of anyone else in this league. Um... I was trying to look back real quick. Who's got um, who's got special teams right now? Goble. Yeah. So I'm only going to bring this up because every time there is a punt return or a kick return that we are defending, I feel like they're getting housed. And I felt like that for like two years straight now. So I guess I'd say him because, frankly, are we even going to throw to a tight end this year? That's his other spot. So... <laughs> You know, he's the one he's where... He's a great recruiter, though, man. He's, he's a, a real... I know. He's a great recruiter. But I'm, I'm, take, I'm taking on-field only, right? Okay. Um, it can't be Kurt Roper, because apparently he's just the greatest recruiter of all time now. Um, I haven't heard much from from Ruffin McNeil, special assistant to the head coach. Maybe, I'm, maybe I'll put him on the, on the chart. <laughs> My thing with uh, offensive line is you have a pro, an icky... And you have yeah. a likely pro yeah. in Gibson. You got three pros, dude. I'm telling you right now. Well, well, that's my thing. Like three guys are getting drafted. You have those two for sure. They can't be that bad, right? If they aren't completely decimated by injuries, then hold on. They'll let's, be all right. Let's rephrase this, right now. I know Doran's really high on Icky right now. I will just keep saying this. You have. Three pro interior linemen, in my opinion, right? Yeah. I think Icky is good enough at left tackle. I, we, we need to see more there. The problem, again, is right tackle and whoever that other guard is. I mean, yeah. I've, I feel like I saw Dylan McMahon get ragdolled multiple times in the spring game by Josh Harris and others. And either that means Josh Harris is about to ascend or we've got young... Young guys that still just aren't ready. I th- yeah, I don't. I think McMahon's pretty good, or I think he's good enough. I don't think. I think that says more that Josh Harris is a freak, as opposed to probably McMahon. Any have you? Side note: Have you heard anything on Tim McKay? It's like his uh, injury. Just that he, all I've heard is that just he's he's recovering, and okay. you know I'm not surprised. Yeah, I think big men lower lower foot ankle, whatever, injuries, it's going to take time. But he's the guy who I always thought was going to be the next guy to plug in there. So my guess is 
you know, if we get those reports in camp that McMahon and McKay are battling for that spot or something like that, that would be a good sign uh, for McKay. But I also wouldn't be surprised if he just kind of rehabs because I just think that stuff takes a long time to recover from, especially for big guys. And let's remember, he was like 14 when he got here as a freshman. He's extremely young. Um Which is always was always my problem with him yeah. in the first place. I just wish they could have held him back somehow. You can only have one. We get bumped down to the AAC. We got a bunch of random ass questions today. There's some yeah. really good good ones though. We get bumped down to the AAC, but win conference championships in football, basketball, and baseball in the first five years, <laughs> or go to the SEC and not have a winning record for ten years. Oh my god. Not winning conference record or <laughs> this is not or overall. Record. That's terrible. Um, you get the chant. Did the SEC chant though? SEC, SEC. We don't have a winning record. That doesn't mean we don't have an upset. In sure. There. Someone they didn't say Dave never won. In Do we SEC. beat Alabama? We go one and twelve, one and eleven. Yes, but beat Alabama. Yeah. Do we have a freak game? Um, I. Okay. Going to the AAC and winning, or going down a level and winning, means nothing to me. So give me, give me the SEC, give me the money. I would, I would be shocked if NC State went to the SEC. If they would be, I don't think they'd be a consistent loser. I think it immediately elevates you in North Carolina and takes away all the chips that were getting used against us for local talent. You don't have to go to South Carolina. You don't have right. to go to Clemson. UNC is going to be off in the ACC or wherever. Maybe UNC will be independent. I don't know. Um, I would take that. I don't care. We're not winning. We're not winning this conference right now, anyways. So <laughs> just just go get us money so we can have a cool stadium so I can go get drunk in it on a Saturday. That's all I ask. I don't even know if this one will translate into podcast fodder, but it's a, it's a pretty funny question. You have five magic tokens. How would you spend them? And it's the, your options are sports championship of your choice. That's one token. Choose any chick to have sex with. That's one token. Fifty thousand dollars. That's one token. Two tokens to plus <laughs> one, one to give yourself one point on a ten scale. So if you're a five, you're now a six. I guess that makes you sexier. Is what they could have just rephrased that. But by one point, it's by very smart. Point. Two tokens, one year paid salary without working, and four tokens, free food for life. Well, if I get to base it off of my my salary and bonuses from the last several years, I would go two tokens. I, w- I, would, I would take my one year paid salary twice, if that's an option. And then I'd probably take uh, a sport championship of my choice to go with that. But if we can't double down on anything, I mean, I was trying to run the math before we started. I don't think free food for life is as good of a, a move for me as I thought it was going to be. I don't know, man. Is it like that MRE- should be three? Is it like MREs or is it like you go to a restaurant? And they're like, oh, Mister Will, we're gonna you're gonna get comped. Like, is that <laughs> like that's a different story? Especially yeah. when you have two kids. Like, so does that count my kids? I was yeah. thinking that's easily like well, that, that. Okay. See, okay. We we need to get clarification with Mac on um, 
the caveats for this, and we'll return to this question because I think understanding the food for life question would change many answers. Um, you know, I, I love this question when I saw it. Yeah, this is a good one. I'm going state football is winning the national title. Like, I'd do that five times if that was my choice. Like, give me five. <laughs> my five magic tokens. Give me five in a row. This podcast would have so many sponsors. I would die. Yeah, right? I would die happy. It would be amazing. <laughs> we are the reason we got those championships. Okay, That's right. Well. I use my magic tokens. And it's not you, Dave Dorn. It's my magic tokens. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that See, but what you would have to do is you would be like, "Boo! I have these magic tokens. What are you going to pay us to make this make this happen?" I can make. But tell, the tell me the other ones. If you if you couldn't get five NC State championships, what would you do? I'd go one state championship, and then I'd go free food for life. I, I gotta assume the math is going to work out. If it is like, I get comp wherever I go with my family, then easy. No brainer. Just remember, if you start eating poorly for the rest of your life, man, it's going to be a short life. So you got to. That's. I mean, I can, these out. I can still eat healthy, free food. I can go to the grocery store, right? It still means it's free. It's food. <laughs> I like how it's free food for life. No one else can see this, and then it has the ellipses at the end of it. Free food for <laughs> life. Dot dot dot. <laughs> I don't know why it's so foreboding at the end of it. Like if I was twenty five and you threw this at me, it would be a quite different answer. I'd probably pick five girls and. Be done with no. it. You'd <laughs> be a four. poor man. I'd be four be a with poor man. a state championship. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> can I bet on that national championship? Like, do I know it's happening? Like, I'm throwing in my magic token this year. Boom, and then I throw down like, a big bet on state at, you know, uh, five thousand to one odds to win. Look, I'm trying to be that next Wendell Murphy, man. I need those free years of salary. Okay, we got to build the pool. <laughs> Short term thinking. Short term thing. No <laughs> Long term, man. I'm going to invest that money. It's going to outpace your food for life. Okay, I'm going to win this. <laughs> my, my buddy texted me and said, I'd take back to back championships Kate Upton, Alexandra Daddario, and Kaylee Cuoco. <laughs> wow. <laughs> ben, ben Very <laughs> specific choices. And also interesting. Going for the A slash B list uh, stars there, very interesting. This is a person who has some affinity for those those people. Good <laughs> choices. Very buxom. Like that's the common. That's, that's true. Right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Last one. How many spurtles would it take to convince Notre Dame to join the ACC? There's, Lucinda does not have enough spurtles. I would love to know how much money Lucinda made from those commercials because they were all anyone was talking about for months during covid from a from an acc network uh commercials coverage um yeah it's not enough to buy the catholic empire though so you know we'll have to wait so that's it's very nil ish are they making any money right i mean is anybody buying a spurtle because of that commercial? I'd be curious to know. I, oh, I was real damn close. And actually, I was very disappointed in this household that I did not get one for Christmas that year after talking <laughs> about it so much. So apparently, I'm going to have to revamp my marketing campaign in this household. I'll leave you guys with this. If you're still listening at this point, go Google Northeast Early College and enjoy that logo. Northeast Early College. And enjoy the logo. Is it not safe for worth? 
Oh, it's definitely safe for work. It's not safe for state fans. Is what it should be. Okay, what was it? Northeast what? Early college. I should probably put logo. You gotta be kidding me. (laughs) (laughs) How, How are we not suing these people? Let them have it. Northeast Early College logo. Google it. I will leave you guys with that one. Will confirms that it is worth a Google. Shout out to shout out to Bill for that one. That's amazing. My man's out in Colorado and was like, hey, I saw this ad for this school. You should check it out. That's crazy. Right? Hey, right, can we also say, I just gotta say, okay. Cam Hayes getting the Bojangles, I'm, I'm loving it. But how has Cookout not seized this opportunity to pick up like our offensive line or something? You would think somebody had. Like that happened with all the other like Mississippi State got one, I think Michigan State got one where their uh barbecue Pitt, uh Pitt has one. Yeah, Pitt barbecue restaurants sponsored the whole offensive line. Like that's just good marketing. All right, that's smart. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess everybody expects us to win six games. They don't want to sponsor anybody. <laughs> My favorite was the outrage when Sam Howell got his NIL deal with Bojangles. Everybody's like, I'm not eating Bojangles again. Like, Guys, I don't care that much. Like, good for Sam Howell. <laughs> Let's just beat the, him on the uh, field. I will say, Sam Howell has been adamant that he's only ever had chicken and he's never had a hamburger. So it made sense. Also, a promotion for the chat room on the Elite uh, here. It says... Uh, Someone said, "Oh dang, I forgot Chance's a tall five foot ten inches, so probably has a little sedan." <laughs> so come over to our chat room. It's great, guys. Uh, as always, support the site. You can support the pod. Go to redwhitenetwork.com. We'll have more content coming as the season comes gets closer. We are thirty seven days away from college football, and I am very excited. I just made that number up. I think it's actually thirty five. <laughs> It's somewhere in that range. <laughs> it's closer than you believe. Yeah. Go to the website, support the pod. It helps us out. And we'll have a lot more cool stuff coming. We've got some things we're working on some merch, some live podcasts, some other things. Get in the chat. It is active non stop. There's always somebody in here talking sports mostly. 145,000 messages at the moment in a little over three months two months yeah it's active it's it's fun it's a good time as always thanks for listening will glad to have you back let's do it again soon go pack we're here to win go pack